Welcome to Economics in Action, a podcast where we explore topics and ideas related to economics. In this episode, we'll take a deep dive into modern portfolio theory, perhaps the most important theory in finance. We'll talk about the history, its underpinnings, and why Warren Buffett, the famed value investor, is so opposed to it. Formulated by Harry Markowitz in his 1952 paper, Portfolio Selection, and later expanded in his 1959 book, Portfolio Selection, Efficient Diversification of Investments, MPT, as I'll call it, introduced the concept that risk is an inherent part of getting higher reward. According to the theory, investors can achieve higher returns only by accepting a higher level of risk. You might be thinking, that seems kind of obvious. People didn't know this already? Well, they did, sort of. Benjamin Graham, often known as the father of value investing, in his work The Intelligent Investor, published in 1949, wrote, The essence of investment management is the management of risks, not the management of returns. Well-managed portfolios start with this precept. Before him, T.S. Eliot wrote, Only those who will risk going too far can possibly find out how far one can go. And before him, Machiavelli wrote, Never was anything great achieved without danger. So in a way, we've always known that taking risks in life, like sailing across the Atlantic Ocean in search of new lands, or sending humans into space, can bring about large rewards. However, while all of this is true, before Harry Markowitz introduced his theory in 1952, the understanding of the relationship between risk and reward in the investment world was less formalized and systematic. While investors and financial theorists had an intuitive grasp that higher returns were often associated with higher risks, this relationship had not been quantitatively defined or incorporated into a coherent investment strategy. In the early days of investing, especially prior to the 20th century, the understanding of risk was largely rudimentary and anecdotal. Investors recognized that certain investments like speculative ventures or stocks carried more risk than others, like government bonds. However, this was more of a qualitative understanding than a quantitative one. In the early 20th century, with the emergence of more sophisticated financial markets, there was a greater focus on individual security analysis. Pires like Benjamin Graham, who we just mentioned, emphasized detailed analysis of individual securities and intrinsic value, but did not focus extensively on the concept of portfolio risk. What Markowitz introduced was a revolutionary way of quantifying risk and demonstrating mathematically how different investments could be combined to achieve a desired balance of risk and return. His work provided a framework for understanding how the risk of the portfolio as a whole was more important than the risk of individual assets. Prior to MPT, investors understood diversification in a general sense, not putting all one's eggs in one basket. However, Markowitz's contribution was to show systematically how diversification could reduce risk, especially through the correlation between assets. This was a novel and quantitatively rigorous approach. MPT formally introduced the risk-return trade-off into financial theory, showing that higher expected returns were associated with higher risk, and this relationship could be measured and optimized.
This formalization and quantification of the risk-return relationship influence subsequent developments in financial theory, such as the capital asset pricing model and the efficient market hypothesis, which further refine the understanding of risk and return. So what exactly is MPT? While the math might look daunting to the layperson, in simple terms, it's just a framework for building an investment portfolio that aims to maximize returns for a given level of risk or minimize risk for a given level of return. It's based on a few key ideas. The first is diversification. This is the practice of spreading your investments across different types of assets, like stocks, bonds, real estate, etc., to reduce risk. The idea is that if one asset performs poorly, others might perform well, balancing out the overall performance of your portfolio. MPT quantifies risk in terms of the variability or volatility of returns. Volatility simply indicates how much the price of an asset goes up or down over a period. Generally, assets with higher expected returns, like stocks, come with higher risk, more price volatility, while those with lower expected returns, like government bonds, usually have lower risk. Then there's correlation between assets. The theory considers how the prices of different assets move in relation to each other. Assets can be positively correlated, they move in the same direction, negatively correlated, which means they move in opposite directions, or uncorrelated, their movements are independent. Lastly, there is the efficient frontier. This is a graph showing the optimal portfolios that offer the highest expected return for a given level of risk. These portfolios lie on a curve, and any portfolio that is not on this curve is considered suboptimal, meaning it has more risk for the same return, or less return for the same risk. Let's go a bit deeper with some of the math behind the theory and see how some of the components are calculated. First, there's expected return, which is essentially the average return you expect from an investment or a portfolio over a period of time. It's usually based on historical data. For instance, if a stock has returned 8%, 10%, and 6% in the past three years, its expected return might be calculated as the average of these, which is 8% plus 6% plus 10% divided by 3, or 8%. As for risk, it's measured as the variability or standard deviation of the returns of an investment. A higher standard deviation means the investment's returns vary widely from its average returns, implying higher risk. For example, if one stock fluctuates between negative 10% and plus 15% returns, while another stock fluctuates between negative 3% and positive 5% returns, the first stock is considered riskier. Correlation, as we said before, measures how two investments move in relation to one another. Correlation is expressed as a number between negative 1 and 1. A correlation of 1 means the assets move perfectly in the same direction, negative 1 means they move perfectly in opposite directions, and 0 means there's no relationship in their movements. Diversifying involves combining assets with low or negative correlations. Okay, so then how do I construct an investment portfolio using this theory? 
The idea is to find a mix of different assets that gives you the highest expected return for a given level of risk. This involves calculating the expected return and risk of the portfolio as a whole based on the expected returns, risk, and correlations of the individual assets, and then adjusting the mix to find the optimal balance. Let's say you're an investor looking to build a portfolio. You have a few options like stocks, bonds, and real estates. Here's a simplified way to apply MPT. First, assess your risk tolerance. Determine how much risk you're comfortable taking. Younger investors might be willing to take more risk for higher returns, while older investors might prefer stability. Next, choose diverse assets. Select a mix of assets based on your risk tolerance. If you're risk averse, you might choose more bonds and less stock. If you're open to more risk for the chance of high returns, you might pick more stocks. After that, you can't forget to consider correlation. Include assets that don't move in the same direction. For example, when the stock market goes down, bonds might hold their value or even increase, balancing the portfolio. Lastly, build and adjust your portfolio. Allocate your money across these assets. Let's say you decide on 60% stocks, 30% bonds, and 10% real estate. Over time, as market conditions change, you'll need to rebalance your portfolio to maintain these proportions. There are much more sophisticated ways of doing this, of course, but this is the general idea. So the next question is, should everybody use this approach to investing? Well, maybe, but there have been some criticisms leveled against the theory. Firstly, MPT assumes that the returns of assets follow a normal or bell curve distribution. This assumption simplifies the calculation of risk as standard deviation and return. However, financial markets often do not adhere to this model. Instead, they display fat tails, meaning there are more extreme movements in market prices than a normal distribution would predict. These fat tails can lead to an underestimating the probability of extreme market events like a financial crisis or market crashes. This misjudgment was notably evident during the 2008 financial crisis where MPT models failed to predict the severity of market movements. Another criticism is that MPT operates on the assumption that an investor's risk tolerance is constant over time. However, an investor's willingness to take risk can change due to various factors. For example, as investors age, they often become more risk averse, preferring stability over higher returns. Similarly, economic downturns or personal financial changes can alter an individual's risk tolerance. By not accounting for these dynamic changes, MPT might suggest investment strategies that are no longer aligned with the investor's current risk appetite. This limitation of MPT highlights the need for periodic reassessment of one's investment strategy to ensure it remains in line with changing risk tolerance in life circumstances. The last knock on the theory is the idea of systemic risk which refers to the risk of collapse of an entire financial system or market as opposed to risk associated with any one individual entity, sector, or asset. MPT primarily focuses on the diversification of specific risk, 
specific to individual assets. However, it falls short in accounting for systemic risk, the interconnectedness and potential for a domino effect within the market. The financial crisis of 2008 is a stark example where systemic risk is materialized, leading to the downfall of entire financial institutions and markets. MPT-based portfolios, even if well diversified, were not immune to the widespread market downturn as the correlations between asset classes increased dramatically and the overall market declined. These criticisms of MPT don't necessarily invalidate the theory, but they do suggest that investors and financial professionals should use it as a guide rather than an absolute rule. This leads us to Warren Buffett's beef with the theory. Warren Buffett, the co-founder of Berkshire Hathaway and probably the best-known investor in the world, has in the past expressed skepticism about modern portfolio theory. His critique primarily revolves around a few key points. First, Buffett is a proponent of value investing, which involves picking undervalued stocks that have strong fundamentals. This approach contrasts with MPT's emphasis on diversification and market efficiency. Buffett believes in the importance of understanding individual businesses and investing in those that have a strong competitive advantage, predictable earnings, and capable management, aspects that MPT don't explicitly consider. Secondly, MPT is based on the efficient market hypothesis, which asserts that all available information is already reflected in stock prices, making it impossible to consistently achieve returns higher than the overall market. Buffett, however, believes that markets are not always efficient and that it's possible to find undervalued or overvalued stocks. His investment success is often cited as evidence against strict interpretations of market efficiency. And lastly, MPT focuses heavily on the relationship between risk and return, suggesting that higher returns come with higher risk. Buffett, on the other hand, often downplays the significance of short-term market volatility and focuses on the long-term value and performance of a business. He is known for holding onto his investments for extremely long periods, benefiting from the compounding growth of well-performing companies. While MPT advocates for diversification to minimize risk, Buffett has long been critical of over-diversification. He believes that spreading investments too thinly can lead to average results and prevent investors from making significant gains from their best ideas. Buffett famously quipped, wide diversification is only required when investors do not understand what they are doing. Warren Buffett's approach suggests that skilled investors can evaluate businesses and market conditions to make investments that outperform the market. This contrasts with MPT's implication that individual stock selection is less important than overall asset allocation. But the fact is, we all can't be like the Oracle of Omaha. It takes a significant amount of time and experience to analyze individual companies to find the ones that will outperform. For most people, MPT is probably a decent way to go. If you like this episode, please subscribe and write a comment telling us what kind of topics you'd like to hear about. Thank you.